I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today, I'm joined by Terry Holloway, Senior Vice President and Chief Talent Officer at Strata Education Network. Strata is doing some really innovative work in the education space. They apply a unique combination of strategic philanthropy, research, and creative solutions to improve the college-to-career connection. And Terry is a critical part of their leadership strategy. Terry's been a cornerstone of the HR talent space in central Indiana for many years from his work at Sally May, his tenure with Anthem, and his own consulting work. He knows what great leadership looks like. And today, he'll highlight the importance of humility. You know, we can easily get caught up in selfish thoughts such as, I'm not getting what I deserve right now, or why isn't this happening for me? Terry gives us insight into how to address that in the moment. He provides some great questions and helpful tips. Take a listen. It's interesting when you, will say, get tenured in your career, you uh, you have a tendency to, to make some notes of things that, that really lead to success from a leadership standpoint or people that have even been just greatly impactful. And I've just been super blessed to really work with some great leaders, you know, at all the organizations I've worked at, uh, good mentors, um, you know, which in turn kind of led me to, to, to want to do a lot of that type of work in, in my life and career and being a mentor. So a couple that stand out really, you know, there are sort of core competencies or, you know, leadership competencies that, that really just jump out to me, you know, and, and so as, as you think about even, you know, over the course of, of, of your work and talent, you think about succession and leadership development and recruiting for, you know, these competencies that work well for your organization. But it really, to me, it seems like there's some that, that have sort of risen up um, as just being good, solid leadership competencies that work for any organization. And, and one of them to me is just humility. Uh, some of the greatest leaders that, that have had the most impact, regardless of industry that I've worked with, have sort of led with this. It's never about them, Andrea. It's always about um, you know what's good for the company, what's good for you know growing tomorrow or uh, tomorrow's leaders. You know, seeing things in people that they know will lead them to personal success and drive the organization forward toward its you know annual goals and its mission. And and somehow it's never about them. Uh, you know, one leader I'm thinking about in particular. You know, he's one of those sort of. Leaders, no matter um, you know who meets them, he has a, a tendency to be extremely impactful to them, and uh, you know just always up, always in kind of a, a great mood, and uh, you know, always bringing sort of that you know that joyfulness of life and work to every conversation. And you know, I remember sort of early on in, in my career at Anthem, and we were working on a, a particular, I think it was an executive hire. And you know, he's an executive vice president at the time. And so I shot him a quick note and said, hey, you know, I want to set up some time with you. I know that it may be a week or so until we can get on your busy calendar. And he literally shoots me a note back within, you know, two minutes and said, hey, do you have time right now? We can talk. And I'm like, well, here's, you know, one of the six most influential people in our organization. And, you know, he wants to make time for me when I have availability, you know. And that's just kind of the way he he led and, and and really was dedicated to growing leaders in the right way, putting them in a position to succeed kind of based on what their personal competencies were. 
And, you know, more than anything, Andrew, it was never about him. It was never about his personal success. It was never about his financial success. You know, he was always you know, sort of taking those corporate goals and, and how could he drive his team forward. But even most importantly, like I've mentioned, how can I, you know, find opportunities for the right people at the right time on my team to, to meet those goals? And he, he was just super impactful, uh, I know, to more than just me, uh, you know, and through downsizings and, and right sizings and bad economy and all those kind of things, you know, he was always a go-to leader in the organization. Uh, uh, to this day, he, he still mentors a lot of folks that I know. So it sounds like that humility really drew people to him, created connection. Do you believe, Terry, that humility is something that can be developed? Was that part of who he is? How, how does a leader go about developing greater humility? It's a great question. And I do think it can be developed. I think that naturally there are some people that, you know, are, are more sort of designed to serve, I guess. But I do think through good mentorship, you know, people can have an understanding of how they impact others when they see, you know, sort of through the lens of, of that mentor or leader that can that can offer just good advice to them. Um, and I think it all comes down to those influential leaders really just pointing out certain behaviors you know, maybe with somebody that sort of lacks humility, uh, again, maybe early on in their career, trying to, you know, uh, find a foothold in the organization. Sometimes uh, people have a tendency to want to draw attention to themselves or at least point out sort of good projects or anything like that. Uh, and, and what I found is, you know, those leaders are, are really important at that time, you know, in those individuals' careers, because they can point out sort of, hey, here, here's what this looks like. You know, here's, here's what you're kind of telling the organization when you draw attention to yourself. Or, you know, I, I think that when they can sort of show that behavior in ways that uh, has really benefited others and, and what it really means to sort of not have humility and not show that, I, I think they have a way of, uh, especially if they respect the mentor or the, the leader that uh, may be giving them advice, um, if they can put it in sort of practical behavioral ways that are that are really sort of easy to understand and really even show the benefits and point out other leaders that exemplify that, I think it can be learned. You know, but I think it's, you know, it's harder for some than others. Those those behaviors are sort of hard to unlearn if they've, you know, seemingly been beneficial in the past. But uh, I do believe that people can can learn and and uh, and grow from that. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because the behaviors of of humility, I think a lot of times when leaders have more security and more confidence, that's when they're in a position to focus more on others. So sometimes it's a bit contrary to what you might think. Well, I think you hit on something important there, and that's confidence. And, and confidence is interesting because I've seen a lot of uh, folks in my advanced tenure, uh, I, I've seen a lot of folks that have have had confidence and, you know, it, it is a trait that, that is a go-to in an organization. When you sort of exude that confidence, people sort of naturally want to follow you. So I, I think that, you know, when you sort of pair that up, confidence and humility, they're, they're really two traits that, you know, that can really lead to the best results. I've seen, you know, confident leaders that are, you know, that are very, very good at what they do. They're, they're really confident, but maybe they sort of don't exude some of those other you know, leadership qualities like, you know, like humility or selflessness or, or you know, sort of being united and, and collegial and wanting to bring the team along with them, those sorts of things. And they get good results, but maybe not the best. And I've seen leaders that, that have great humility that just are, you know, sort of that selfless uh, nature to them that are, you know, maybe really good on a team, but maybe they don't have great confidence. Maybe they're, 
you know, so you're just excited to, you know, to just participate and, and lead a small team or whatever. But I think, you know, when you see those two things paired, you have something really powerful. You have something, you know, maybe when things are not good with corporate results or whatever, but confidence really sort of leads them through that. And a leader can, uh, you know, you know, can really sort of drive their team in a way that has them believe that they're doing what's right. It's just other forces are, are sort of working against them. And then sort of, you know, if they see that they're sort of not about themselves and they're all about the team and, you know, in a unified way and, and they have sort of that expertise that exudes confidence and it has the other sort of believing in them in that way, um, it can be really powerful results, especially when either the economy is not great or maybe the business cycle is not good. Um, those things have a way of really leading through those obstacles. Absolutely. Have there been, if you think about times in your career, have there been times when it's harder to demonstrate those leadership characteristics? Yeah, I I think especially confidence, you know, because there's things that happen, whether it's, you know, organization decisions, especially if you work for large organizations. I mean, there's just going to be, you know, challenges with, you know, standing up a new operation and acquisition, economic downturn, whatever it may be, you can let those things sort of impact you personally. Maybe you you are at that point in your career as a leader or, you know, as an individual contributor where things should be happening for you, right? I mean, it's, you know, I've got enough tenure now. I've been here long enough. Why am I not getting that promotion? Or why am I, you know, why am I not seeing things happen for me? I'm not getting good projects. I'm sort of being left out of the information loop. Well, sometimes those things are out of your control. And I think if you just you know, sort of have that good base of confidence that, you know, you're, you, you know, you do good work and, and, you know, and sort of seek others' opinions and, and those kind of things and, and remain humble through it. You know, I, I really do think that they can kind of lead you through, through difficult challenges. Um, I can share a story uh, about that sort of personally. I, I worked for an organization at the time that, you know, there was a significant economic downturn that are, there have been a couple of them in my career. Um, and I was at a point where I really believed that, you know, I really should kind of have that next level promotion. And, you know, I, I share this and uh, sort of humbly because, I, it, you know, it was one of those situations where, you know, I really felt like, you know, based on what I was hearing and all these sorts of things that I, I should have had a, you know, a bigger role by then. But it, it was sort of less about me, really. I mean, it was one of those things that we just talked about, Andrew, where it's like, it's not about you. It's about sort of this company finding its footing to really, you know, drive forward and and, and grow in the wake of a bad economy. And so, you know, so again, I, I just had great mentors. I, I was and am very blessed in my career to have just great people that, you know, that can kind of share the bigger picture to say, look, I mean, you're going to have to have patience. And you know, the organization doesn't feel any less about you. You haven't done anything differently, but uh, you need to sort of just you know continue to do great work and and find new ways to get involved to sort of stretch laterally. I think those are things, Andrew. You and I have talked about in the past. I mean, good lateral opportunities are just immeasurably important to your career. Broaden your skills and and, and do things that you may even find that you enjoy even more than the job that you thought you wanted uh, to sort of capstone your career. So you know through that again, I learned a lot you know, it's, it's not always about us, right. It's about sort of, you know, continuing to grow and continuing to learn and, you know, and bring people. And the other thing too, I think that's super important is during those times, you can, you can always look for ways to give back and, you know, and mentor others and, and think about bringing others along in your organization. It's a good time to sort of work on succession. You know, as a leader, do you have folks in your organization that are ready to pick up 
you know, things that you can kind of share with them to grow them in the right way that, you know, will really exemplify their strengths, uh, those kinds of things that will make the organization even better. So, um, so it's not always, you know, sort of waiting in line, I guess, for the next great opportunity. You know, that's advice that I try to give to others is, is always look for ways to grow other than, you know, sort of what you see as trajectory up. And I, I can tell you that, you know, at, at organizations I've worked at in the past, large organizations where I've had the opportunity to, you know, to sort of take on more laterally or even take a step down, it's just been immeasurably important to my career. I can give you another example. So, um, you know, at one point in my career, I'd never really had any kind of exposure to uh, leadership development or associate development, you know, had, had been in most corners of human resources, but not direct exposure for programs that develop leaders. And uh, I was approached by my boss at the time and said, hey, I, I really you know, want you to think about this, um, you know, taking this on. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I really don't have that kind of experience. And so I don't know that I could sort of be confident and, you know, bring what I would want to, you know, to bear for the organization. And, you know, I, I just, again, great leader, great mentor at the time said, look, you know, this is, it's all hard work, but you know, you're capable of it. I, I'll have good support for you. I, you know, I'll provide whatever resources you need to do it. I, I just think this is what the organization needs right now. And so kind of begrudgingly, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. Andrew, it's it's the most fun part of my job that I'm doing today is is having the opportunity to to partner with my team and, and develop leaders for Strata. The organization really needs it. You know, we're the type of organization where we're changing pretty dramatically, and it's exactly what we need right now. If I hadn't sort of listened to my leader at the time, I wouldn't have you know any of that exposure right now to bring it to bear for Strata today. So. It was a good lesson for me. Again, it, it kind of wasn't about me. It was about what the organization needed. And by the way, I happened to stumble across something that I'm really pretty passionate about and, and you know, really pretty excited about. So that was a good lesson for me. And I'm glad that uh, you know, I had a patient leader that worked with me through it. Oh, gosh. So many good things there. So two stories you shared. I, I, I am hearing a lot of connection points in those stories you know, over and over, Terry. The, the couple of questions that you keep asking that get you out of a focus of yourself. So questions like, what does the organization need? What about the people around me? What can I do to them? What about leaders who are leading me? How can I learn from them through this situation? So that's, that's really helpful. You talked about in the first story that you told, you talked about you were feeling like things should be happening. They weren't. And you realized that. So I want to dig into that a little bit because I think that awareness is so important. Humility is a tough one sometimes to get your arms around because in the moment, I think it's tough to realize, oh, I'm not being humble right now. When you're hooked by something like things should be happening for me and they're not. So tell me a little bit more about that awareness. How did you come to that? It is a tough one, um, as you mentioned, you know, because I think we're all sort of naturally, you know, programmed to, you know, to want more, to impact more. I mean, I think it, it's exemplified in different ways, right? And, you know, for, for nonprofit organizations, you meet leaders that really want to have a connection to the mission. I mean, it, recruiting here, I wondered coming in how challenging it would be. It, it is in certain regards, but in others, it, it's not because it, it's sort of less about, uh, you know, financial financial rewards and really more about, you know, connectedness to the mission. And so with those individuals, 
you know, what really sort of drives them is, is being able to kind of impact the mission more. And sometimes that translates to, you know, I want to stand up this, uh, you know, this, this new function within my department and maybe the organization is not ready for that. And so somebody that's sort of selfless, a, a leader that's not about themselves would be like, okay, we're going to curb this. We're going to fight this another day. I'm going to park this over here on the shelf and we're going to try that. Uh, maybe somebody that's, that's a little, um, less humble and, and more about themselves and, and sort of driving impact would be, Hey, look, this is my opinion is that this organization needs this. Now I'm going to fight for this. And, you know, it's, it's sort of less about team and more about my opinion here. Uh, I, I've seen some of that in my career. Um, I've worked for other nonprofits as well. Uh, and it just doesn't go over well. I mean, it sends a message internally that, you know, this leader's opinion and, and how they sort of, you know, value their group. Uh, should supersede anything else that's going on in the organization and finance uh, should get behind them and support them and, and realize that their opinions will drive the mission forward more so than others. Even just talking about this, you, you can hear it, right? That that's for a nonprofit organization that, you know, they may sort of all be like-minded, but, you know, lack of humility can, can really sort of um, derail the, you know, the overall mission or the submission of the department too. And in for-profit organizations, it's a little more obvious because you have sort of more financial opportunity for, for personal growth and personal wealth. And it's, it's sort of more overt, it's more obvious. And, you know, I, I would hear this sort of a lot in, in uh, the for-profit organizations I've worked for, um, you know, leaders would, would come to me and they're just like, look, I just want to be a VP. You know, I, I just, I, I just want to be a VP. I'm like a VP of what, you know, what, what, what makes <laughs> sense for you? And he's like, I, I really don't care. I just want to be a VP. I'm like, you know, and, and the council would be, well, what really goes along with that besides a new business card? You know, and he's like, well, yeah, I just know there's financial rewards, there's status in it. I just, I've always wanted to be a VP. And so, you know, we would have to kind of dig into that and say, you know, okay, well, if it were, you know, vice president of an organization that, you know, that you really just don't understand or that maybe you disagree with or not lying within your strengths, is that okay? Well, probably not. Well, probably not. Yeah, that makes that doesn't make a lot of sense for you. So, yeah, we would always try to find an, an intersect point there and say, you know, here are your, you know, obvious strengths. You're awesome at these things. Here are the things that you really enjoy doing that we just talked about. What what kind of paths in that regard sort of, you know, lead you to where you want to be career wise? And you know, the the rhetoric might have been, well, there's sort of no VP jobs in that, and you know. And then me or, or someone on my team would, would share a story about someone that, you know, came through the organization and were so good and so impactful. And you could really see them driving results in an area that they really were passionate about and really enjoyed, again, right in their wheelhouse strength-wise. And by the way, they elevated that person to a VP level because they were so good at it and so impactful that the organization didn't want to lose them and, and recognized Maybe the organization didn't even recognize how important that function was until that person got in it and really just killed it, you know. And so those are some of the conversations that that we would have that, that really kind of got back to, you know, being much more sort of humble about their career and recognizing that it's, you know, they've got great strengths and, and they have interests that stuff that they love doing and find that intersect and really putting themselves in that place may be a lateral. It may even be kind of a step back. But it's only going to help. It's it's only going to help them, you know, individually and as an organization, 
you know, to kind of take that path. So it's, you know, that's a lot of counseling that uh, my teams and, you know, I've done personally over the years is just about that. It's what do you, what do you sort of enjoy doing most? And what are the things that you've found that you're really good at doing? Find that sweet spot and really drive it forward. And you're going to be personally much happier. And the rewards always come along with that. Certainly on the for-profit side and the nonprofit side, you're going to impact the mission even more. Yeah. So two, so two things I want to highlight there. Knowing your strengths, knowing yourself is an important part of humility because then you're in a position to leverage those strengths and surround yourself with people who complement your areas of lesser talent. The other thing that I want to I highlight is going back to your, your comment, Terry, about paying attention in the moment to your mindset. So you, you talked about, am I fighting this right now? I think that's really key because that angst, that tension, checking in with that. Why am I feeling this angst or this tension? Is it because of my own selfishness? Is it because I am looking out for myself? Or am I fighting it because of other people or because of the organization? I think that's a really great question. What a practical way to check in with yourself to see where your mindset is. Yeah, I, I think that's a brilliant point. And, and, and really, it gets that self-reflection. You know, I, I've counseled a lot of folks over the years, and, and certainly people on my team have too, you know, where we see folks that are just really either dissatisfied or, or really just sort of disgruntled with the organization, with their place in it, uh, with their role, unhappiness with, you know, the fit for the job they're in, those kinds of things. And, and I think it's what you say is really super important. You've, you've just got to be self-reflective and, and understand that you are unhappy because I'll tell you a quick story. I ran into uh, a, you know, a colleague I hadn't seen in years the other day. I work in um, downtown Indianapolis. And so we had a chance to run into each other, which is, uh, which is really great. We got caught up. And, you know, but this person was just super, super unhappy. And, and they kind of had been for a while. And you know, in just the course of, of talking through that, we both recognized that, that we both at points at our life had been unhappy in roles for different reasons, whether we you know, really enjoyed uh, you know, either the, the money we were making or the impact we're having, but just really didn't have a good fit for the job. Or maybe, you know, we worked for a boss that we just weren't a good fit for, or maybe, you know, the organization didn't stand for something that we believed in. Andrew, you just have to explore that. I mean, if there's some kind of, you know, tension in your work-life balance, whatever it may be, and, and that could be it. I mean, you could just be at a point in your career where you don't want to work that many hours anymore, and it's causing you sort of strife at home or just internal strife in that way. You do have to kind of dig into that and, and find out what those causes are. And I think... Um, you know, we, we've all been there at points in our lives. And I think it's, you know, sometimes you do just have to recognize that maybe it's just a short term thing with your organization going through growth or you know, going through transformation. Um, recognize that or, or recognize that, you know, your your job has kind of grown so much that it's sort of unwieldy and it's it's causing you to have to work longer hours than you ever have in your life. And that's not something that you really want to do. Maybe it's time to approach your boss about a different structure or whatever. But I just think it's super important, you know, just again, for good life, work-life balance to just explore that, to say, you know, why am I so unhappy in my job right now? Because there, you know, it's, there's just no sense in, in continuing on like that, especially if it's for a prolonged period of time. We live in, a, in an amazing society, especially now with so many new jobs being sort of foisted upon uh, the country right now. 
it's part of what we do at Strata to analyze that. We have uh, a research for the, the the future of work that really sort of digs into what the uh, what future jobs aren't even here right now and how we can kind of prepare ourselves for the jobs that are coming and the impact on the workforce in the future and those kinds of things. And it's really super exciting time to be in the workforce, you know. So uh, I, I think it's it's really important to, to just sort of do those personal check ins to find out, you know, am I am I great with things that are going on? What really makes me happy and and how to sort of continually assess that and, and, and find roles that are important for you. And, and even more importantly, if this works for you, surround yourself with wonderful people, either on your team or a boss you really enjoy working with. Well, so it all is connected, you know, and I, and I think that's a, that's a great closing point is that it all starts with self-reflection, checking in with where's my mindset? How am I feeling? Cause the mind, the mindset and all of that is shaping everything we do, isn't it? <laughs> It sure is. You know, I, I think these things are all related. Um, you know, we talk about leadership competencies that are important, uh, whether we just sort of believe that, that, that certain leadership characteristics will, you know, lead to, to corporate success or, or whether we believe that, um, you know, in our, in our search for sort of eternal, uh, you know, work happiness, um, that there are certain you know, strengths and, and things that we're really good at that if we explore those, it'll just make us um, super effective and, and more happy at what we do. Um, I do think it's important to continually look at that and, and find out, you know, sort of where we can contribute most and, uh, and what makes us the most happy. That's what it's all about. So good. Well, Terry, thank you so much for being with us today. If our guests want to, or our listeners want to connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Well, I'd be more than happy to uh, uh, to connect with with listeners. Either just shoot me an email at um, at Terry Holloway at strataeducation dot org. Um, that's always the best way to find me. And uh, more than happy to spend time with people that are sort of on this journey and exploring what's best with them. I'm happy to spend time with them. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.